Jones, we have top men working on it right now. It was a most ripping victory. No! Get to the chopper! Welcome to the Parkway Podcast. Hopefully, your ears are not blown by the theme of one of the greatest stories ever told. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Byron from the Funvy Podcast. And I am Ward from the Parkway Theater. And let me just say, we showed the original trilogy uh, a couple summers ago. And my favorite part was sitting in the back of the theater and cranking the volume for that moment just to <laughs> jolt the audience <laughs> and cause heart attacks throughout. Yes. Well, we did not plan that together, but I, I thought the same thing would be appropriate. And I was even hoping that you two might think, oh, Matt forgot to uh, bleed in the next audio. But there's that, you know, at the start of every Star Wars movie, there's that little bit of silence where it says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then, boom, the John Williams drops on you so that's where we're at we are going to talk about the phantom menace the uh the first the greatest star wars movie of them all right the 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 greatest star wars movie of 1999 that's for sure um (laughs) can't argue with that nope you cannot argue with that uh what uh i don't know but so let's talk about the well first of all let's talk about uh you know we're we're drinking some blue milk that's how we thought we would celebrate this um, This podcast. I'm not drinking blue milk. I'm what? drinking straight metachlorians. Oh, wow. That's so how I keep my youth. Yeah, so you're do. Are you in oh. the... Oh, interesting. Did you put that into your metachlorian <laughs> reader and read out how many metachlorians you're drinking per minute? Mm-hmm. He's really you, just, you inject them. It's kind of <laughs> like... It's like, a, it's like the... Um, the, the, uh, the uh, it's like a QAnon thing. Like a QAnon thing, but also it's like, you know, go to the gym and, you know, some guy walks up to you like, hey, you want to get bigger pecs? Yeah, give me these midichlorian shots. I'll meet you in the showers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next thing you know, you got a needle in your buttocks. Yeah. So um, that's a, that's the thing we're going to talk about, midichlorians for sure. Um, let's, uh, should, we, should we go over the numbers first? The numbers meaning, uh, of course, like the, the background Sounds of good. this film. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's talk uh, about that. It's, it's it's so hard to jump in because I firmly believe that uh, at least from popular culture perspective, it, it, the 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 there is no other series, and it doesn't matter if you're talking prequels or I mean the whole the whole move you know the whole uh, Star Wars universe reaches further than almost anything else. So it's hard to like where are we going to jump in at this, and we're, we're going to do Star Wars Episode One. Makes sense, and I don't know if we'll ever get to episode two or or nine for that matter. But <clears throat> this is our our discussion on the original 1999 film. So it's Liam Neeson plays Qui Gon Jinn, and Byron, how did you pronounce that? Oh, uh, yes, Quigajin. Quigajin. For yes. the longest time, I thought it would be funny to pronounce it Quigajin. <clears throat> you probably did think it was pronounced that in 1999, is my guess. Maybe I don't know. Quigin. Perhaps. Yes, uh, Ewan McGregor. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, no one likes that guy in that, that role. We'll talk about how terrible he does. Uh, Natalie Portman plays Queen Amidala. 
you know, and Padme. Uh, that's uh, Padme Portman, right, Byron? <laughs> As we yes, I, I was just going to say that. That is Padme Portman. That is not mm-hmm. called by any other name. She is not Natalie Portman. She's not Queen Amidala. She is Padme yes. Portman from Padme here on Portman. out. Uh, Jake Lloyd plays uh, much-loved Anakin, young Anakin Skywalker. Oh, Ian, Ian McDiarmid <laughs> plays uh, Senator Palpatine. Boy, in IMDb, they don't even list him as Darth Sidious, which is like, oh, don't give the spoiler away. It's not obvious from the first <laughs> ten minutes. Uh, oh. Pernilla August plays Shmi, and then you got a bunch of other people, yada, yada, yada. Um you know, Ahmed Best plays Jar Jar Binks. Anthony Daniels, of course, is in there. Kenny Baker's in there. Uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the one more course. person I think we need to name. Uh, Frank Oz he, is it Terrence? Uh, Stamp? Well, Frank, two people I guess now. Frank Oz playing yeah. the voice of Yoda, Yoda. and another, uh, pretty much a stunt man, uh, Ray Park needs oh, to course. be mentioned. Of course, Ray Park. But if you want to mention, I Ray got Park. one more. Isn't uh, <clears throat> isn't Kira Knightley play one of um? Okay. Well, we're going to talk about body doubles. Yeah. I guess we're, we're just going to name everybody. Yes. Yeah. Kira Knightley is in that we're as well. Get there. So what I do is I take the first build only cast off of IMDb <laughs> and I read these names. And so. Well, you missed a big one. No, I didn't miss off any. of that. I didn't miss any. This is what they are. So you tell me. They didn't list. They didn't list Samuel L. Jackson. No. These are the first build huh. only cast of this movie. Um, so oh, obviously. That's surprising. Um, there are a lot of other people in this thing, and yep, Samuel Jackson is not, not in the first build. So, uh, and we will get to Kira Knightley. So, George Lucas directed, wrote, conceived of, uh, did all the things for this film, and uh, we'll talk about him too. The budget, 115 million, which, you know, seems like holy crap. Uh, for the first Star Wars movie in 30 years or whatever it was, 15 years, I guess, 18 years, um, I would have thought, I mean, 1999 dollars, of course, but, you know, nowadays you look at uh, Avengers Endgame, whatever, it's $250 million, and here he's got 115 And, of course, because it's a Star Wars movie, this thing grossed over a billion dollars just in its kind of first run at the time. And Tomato Meter, ooh, pretty bad, 52, 59 people don't approve, no, nor do critics. And it just says simply, two Jedi escape a hostile blockade to find allies and come across a young boy who might bring balance to the Force. But the long-dormant Sith resurface to claim their original glory. And that's it. Uh, that's the movie, in a nutshell. We have a lot of things to talk about here. And I'm like, as I said, this is one of the greatest movies, you know, s- series stories ever told. But first, Ward, we need to talk a little business here. A little, little questions I have. The theater is not open for for viewing, but I recently saw on a Facebook post, I believe it was from Sky Candy Studios. I saw that they had taken what they had done with their drone work in. Bryant Lake Bowl here in Minneapolis, and they brought that amazing awesomeness to Parkway. So, how did that come to be? So, uh, I I I just sent an email. I I had seen the um, the Bryant Lake Bowl video, and I read an article, and and I just thought, you know, it couldn't hurt to reach out. And I thought maybe they would want to do kind of a compilation video of the different live venues in town that are shut down right now because early in the pandemic they did a they did a video on the streets of minneapolis that's really cool if you haven't seen that one um and so i just thought it would be a good a good thing for Meneva, which is the alliance of minnesota venues to have um you know kind of a a shuttered venue video so that that is still coming but anyway i reached out to them the people at sky candy were super nice and they were like you know we've gotten so much press on this Bryant Lake Bull video and we have tons of inquiries coming at us and we're going to be busy out of our minds but we have like a two-week window where I don't have anything on my schedule and I could totally do this mm-hmm. so uh so huge thanks to the people at Sky Candy for being willing to do it and it was really cool to kind of be there and watch them watch them do their thing yeah, I am going to drop the link to that video in the show notes for this episode uh, <clears throat> so people can check it out. But I have to say, 
I myself, if you know, if our listeners don't know, I myself am a licensed unmanned aerial system pilot by the FAA, and uh, and that means nothing because it was a small test and whatever. But it allows me to appreciate how freaking complicated it would be to do this one shot take of a small. I assume it was a very small drone because some of the places they go through are tiny, and you know they they kind of start outside and they swoop in and they go you know like they they loop around and they go through these tight spaces and the whole while they're like providing this amazing view where it seems like the camera is exactly where they want it to be when i try to do this with my drone most of the time it tells me that i can't go that close to various <laughs> metal objects and the rest of the time i'm fidgeting with the camera meanwhile the you know, like some bird is crashing into one of the propellers and, it, and then the whole thing falls to the ground. <laughs> that happens a lot. So it's ridiculous that they're able to do that. And, uh, and I'm, I'm super glad they did it for the parkway. It's, it shows, you know, an incredible, it's, it's an incredible way to show off the venue. So I don't know, Byron, did you see that yet? I have. And again, it, it, yeah, I, I echo your sentiments. It's just a fantastic video and shows I, I am jealous of the skill that it takes to do that. I am not a licensed pilot. I have attempted to fly a drone and it immediately ended in a crash. And uh, so I can, from my brief uh, experience, I can greatly appreciate the skill that it takes that, that, to show off such a cool venue like the Parkway Theater. Yeah, it's it's impressive. So, like I said, I'll drop that uh, that link in the in the show notes for this episode. And I should also um, just real quick a shout out to Chris Koza, who has a new instrumental record coming out and supplied the music for that video. Oh, and uh, nice. thank you for thank you, Chris, for letting us premiere your <coughs> your music on the video. Oh, sweet! Yeah. Well, that's cool too. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty fantastic. I mean, I would be curious. Uh, so I've seen their Mall of America one. I've seen, uh, you know, their their empty streets of Minneapolis one. I'd be curious to see if uh, if they could do it when 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 there was an actual concert back when we're live in person. You know, at the Parkway, uh, there's a lot of regulations around uh, if you can fly over you know people and 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 the size of the crowd and the distance and all these things. But if they, man, if they could do those kind of things with you know, like showing a venue being populated, that that would be that'd be awesome. So uh, we'll look for that in the future. But let's for now talk about the Star Wars universe. And like I said, uh, it is hard to know where to dive into this. I, I kept postponing this podcast because I kept thinking I need to do more and more and more research. And, you know, I need to listen to other people's podcasts and understand you know, I need to see the behind the scenes on Disney Plus and all these things. And, it, you know, in the end, I gave up because this is iconic late 70s, 80s, and then turning into 90s uh, material. But I want to I want to first say uh, that that where we you know get into this is I was shocked to learn that George Lucas, you know, I said he's he's kind of taken the helm of the prequels and. I did not actually realize at the time or even until a couple weeks ago that this was the first movie that he had directed since A New Hope, which at the time was called Star Wars. He, I mean, he's known for, you know, Indiana Jones and all these other movies, but he didn't take the director's chair since 1977. So, you know, probably maybe not for the best in the end. We'll talk little about rust. it. Little, little rust, yeah, uh, 22 years later. A little rust on that, but... It's you know I mean it's his baby right so uh, what what uh, what what where do you where did what's you when did you let's let's go at this what did you guys what was your first experience with these prequels like in 1999 you know where were you at did you see them in the theaters were you excited or did you not care uh, Byron what was your take in 1999 my take in 1999 I had seen all of the originals I had fully been engulfed in the fandom that would be Star Wars. I had all the had as many books as I could find, had at the time when the internet was still young, had tried to get online and tried to learn as much as I can about this universe that was the Star Wars universe. And when uh the Phantom Menace came out, I was 
incredibly excited. I, you finally get to see the first three films. You get to see the com- it's the completion of George Lucas's vision. And uh, I did was not one of those people who saw it at midnight. I really couldn't afford that, being in middle school at the time. And um, waited and ended up seeing it in theaters. So this was uh, this is one of those films that I did actually see in the theaters and saw before we did this podcast. And um, <laughs> yeah, at the time, I really thought it was enjoyable. I absolutely loved it. And over the years, have looked at it and had to reconsider uh, some of my original thoughts with this film. Um, I guess I'll leave that for a little bit later. But uh, Ward, what was your experience with this film? Well, I would first. I would say this. I I I assume you guys would agree with me. This was the most anticipated movie of all time, right? In yeah. the history of the world. And Agreed. I think, and I don't think it will ever be topped because never again will you have something that gets sat on for that long without a sequel. And I mean, the hype was incredible. I remember, I remember flying on a plane, reading like this Vanity Fair article that was on set and looking at on set pictures. And I was so fired up. And then the trailer came out. And I mean, that trailer, it still holds up. It is one of the best trailers ever. And so you're watching the trailer and the hype and you're just thinking, this is going to be the best movie of all time (laughs) and so i I remember i saw it at the harmar theater and yeah the hype was just crazy it was opening day people were cheering and it was kind of like i'm with you byron i didn't know (laughs) at the time like when i saw the movie at the end of the movie i was like that was great people were cheering and you know i thought it was good and then it was like and there were moments, certainly, that I'm watching it where I'm like, "Oh, that that was kind of that felt kind of weird," but I didn't think about it too much. And uh, you know, it like it took time to to get to where it is now, where it's like, "Oh man, I I don't." I mean, look, there are I don't want to go on too long. There are there are two things that are really great about this movie, and they still are great. One of them is Liam Neeson who is super charismatic, and I I like him in this movie a lot. And then, obviously, Darth Maul. Anything that has to do with Darth Maul in this movie is still awesome and still holds up. And being Mm -hmm. that, you know, the first time I saw this movie, that that lightsaber fight was, you know, kind of how you end the movie is, like, that was incredible. So I think that's why I was left with such a good taste in my mouth. But, but yeah, subsequent viewings. and, And when I watched this again last night... Man, I mean that lightsaber battle it's, still holds up, but the rest of it is—it's—it's it's nearly unwatchable at times. <laughs> Isn't it a case of don't meet your heroes? Like we—we uh, we had such anticipation yes. going into it. You're right, and I guess uh, looking at it again, I—I I don't know—I don't know what I saw in it. Well, so I think, I mean, to to go with my. I'll go with my story and then we can dive into there. But yeah, so I, at the time I, um, I would have been 19 going on 20 and, um, I, I had a girlfriend with some pretty young nephew or yeah, nephews and they were five and eight, I think, or something like that, or six and nine. And they were all into this. I mean, it was everything they wanted. It was, you know, they had, they they went to it in the theater and they had all this action figures from Target and you know and, and at the time I I had definitely seen you know the uh, the original trilogy and I knew all about uh, I am your father Luke and and you know I mean I yeah probably seen the original ones half a dozen times each but uh, I wasn't into it I was you know I was like okay I mean this is like this, this is a kids thing and. Um, and and so eventually I saw it, and I probably didn't even I didn't see it in the theater. I know I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it uh, on probably VHS at the time, and uh, and I you know I kind of I liked him. I thought, well, this is you know this is interesting. I I tend to like uh, you know 
series of movies, and I guess that's why I have multiple podcasts on on series of movie movies. <laughs> uh, so because there's a, there's like a, a fabric that gets woven, um, you know, across all these multiple hours of of, of storytelling, visual storytelling, and um, so I think like to answer your to talk about your point, Byron, is like there was you the reason you liked it is because it brought back you know it it, it further developed the the landscape or the fabric oh. of this this universe that you knew about and people agreed. wanted that you know agreed agreed and it, i remember it expanded the universe right yeah i remember at the time that was the excuse was this movie is made for kids wait a minute and are and you, it, are you are you kidding me right now is that why why do you think that, it's made for kids well, that was that was the excuse for George Lucas at the time. Was like the movies are for children, people. but they didn't want to admit that. The movies are for children, but they didn't want to admit that. The movies are for children, but they didn't want to admit that. I was going to save that for later, but you know what? The movies are for children, but they didn't want to admit that. <laughs> so I guess you agree, but 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 at the time, I I was kind of with them. I was like, yeah, this is great. This is the people that don't like it are just not remembering that it's for children. Um. Yeah, well, but we have a lot to talk about, uh, for sure. And just just one more time, this is George Lucas. The movies are for children, but they don't want to admit that. Yeah, and that was him responding that, to the, the the fanboys who were upset about George R. Binks, basically. Is, and then, uh, by the way, just as an aside, George Lucas, who, <laughs> who with that quote, my kids, so my kids love this movie, and yeah. they their favorite is Attack of the Clones, which I think is the worst one. I think that's but true. But yeah. they... Um, they watched the Clone Wars religiously. They loved that show. And when I, they've only watched Revenge of the Sith once. And when they watched that show and they saw all of their Jedis getting killed, yeah. they, th- that movie is not made for kids. <laughs> of course. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, it evolved, right? And, and I would think maybe that if you start from Phantom Menace and you go all the way to Rise of Skywalker, it, you know, it progressively gets less and less made for kids, I would argue maybe um yeah and 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 that should be because that is that's a nine movie arc of you know basically this this family or this whatever this set of characters and you know when we all when we start at you know if you think of the the first the the prequels as like elementary school by the time you go through elementary middle and high school you're not you know you're you're not very childish anymore at uh 19 years old like like I was when this came out so it makes sense to me and I I kind of appreciate that the other thing I appreciate though is that this movie attempts to portray the the grandeur of the Jedi Order before the the small band of rebel scum that was you know a new hope and so you get to see like big bustling planets of of skyscrapers and flying cars and everything is clean and it's not the lived in universe that was the original trilogy and it makes sense to me it's 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 um you know the 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 galaxy whatever whatever galaxy that is it kind of has its own arc and so i do appreciate that looking back on the you know if you hate jar jar or whatever uh i do appreciate that the arc of the of the the galaxy and the stars. You used to hate on me. Why are you hating me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess let's settle it once and for all. Do you guys hate Jar Jar in this film? Right. I have that question too. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah. I don't. I don't. I I, I, I do. I do hate him. I, I kind of want him to die. Why? Well, why? first of all, like the, the accents in this movie are so racist. <laughs> It well, just and, cracks you know, me up, like what he got away with. But you know, the 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 guys at the very the very beginning with the Asian accents, and then it goes to Jar Jar with the um, it's kind of a Jamaican accent. But um, yeah, I mean, he's he's clearly like supposed to be, um, you know, a, a character for kids. But I think the thing that these days that bugs me the most, and and at the time the special effects were amazing. But now it does feel like kind of who framed Roger Rabbit. I and totally, it's like, totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah, like they, it doesn't seem a little real bit the way they're interacting with I wa- Okay, okay. I watched this earlier today on my 4K TV with Disney Plus 4K streaming. And I'm looking at that going, 
is i mean is this did they actually think this was real like this looks so fake to me i i'm being taken out of the film i never thought about this before um but i on the way i was watching it it was it was i mean i didn't think about it at the time but who framed roger rabbit is exactly what i would call this it's or, or even space jam it is ridiculously shitty cgi uh for whatever reason, you know, the technology 22 years ago. Uh, it was, well, and the it whole bad. movie, really, is in yeah. is green screened, it feels like. It is shitty. And actually, because there has been historically so much tweaking of the Star Wars universe, all the movies, really, uh, I would actually, we should have started with which which ver- which way did you, did you guys watch this? Because I said I watched it on 4K Disney plus streaming but you could watch it on dvd and see one thing and blu-ray and see another thing and you know maybe 4k even and see a different thing so which what word which was your how did you watch it actually well i just watched it on a small a small screen no but what was the source bad. what was the source media, uh disney though? disney Di- plus okay and byron what about you yeah it was disney plus for me uh yeah george lucas definitely has uh He's pretty much stated an affinity for he was waiting for the level of technology to advance to what he was wanting right. to see in these films. And he did go back and change a couple of things. I, I don't think we were going to get into this, but uh, yeah, he definitely changed a couple of things in a lot of the older films, too, to kind of meet oh, his yeah. expectations. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of this. So um, I, I, <laughs> since we're talking about the, the modifications, one more question I would have. For, for you guys uh, and I just learned about this today but have you ever watched or tried to watch the Topher Grace edit of the prequels no I didn't know I was that not aware that existed. that's something like that existed what okay, is it so well so in 2012 Topher Grace hosted a uh, a, a screening of his own edit because apparently at the time he was uh, interested in becoming, you know, and like learning more about film editing, and so he edited all three prequels into an eighty-five minute single movie, uh, and and apparently it's awesome. It's the best. People say on the internet on Reddit, it's the best Star Wars movie you've never seen because, for obvious uh, Disney and Lucasfilm reasons, you cannot find this thing unless you're you know, getting some torrent stream off of some server in, uh, you know, outer Uganda or something. I mean, it's not, Disney does not uh, not take their IP <laughs> lightly, so you can't find it. But I want to see this thing because what he did was he chopped out all of the fucking pod racing and all of the, you know, the, the baloney kind of bad romance scenes, and he made a pretty solid character arc of of Anakin turning into Darth Vader. Oh, spoilers, spoilers. Anakin is Darth Vader. What? Yeah, so I want to see that. I really want to see that because, I'll, okay, so full disclosure. I didn't see when, that coming. When I, watched, when I watched this movie today, I basically watched it on three times speed. I, I had no audio. <laughs> I just, you know, I just went, okay, yeah, I know they land on Tatooine and they find some slave child who fixes their thing after he wins the pod race yada 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 you know at one point i think there's uh uh um at one point there's uh, something like this that happens there's always a bigger fish and like bigger fish who cares you know it's like it means nothing to the film and and uh, <laughs> uh whatever so i i really i really did skim this thing over and um uh, the thing is I I I saw this movie eventually like you guys and I thought yeah it's it's pretty good this is crazy this is Star Wars this is pretty good and then later on I thought well it sucked but now now that I come back on it I don't like the movie but I do have some nostalgia for it that makes me appreciate this movie better than Rise of Skywalker for instance or better than um whatever the hell the one the last Jedi you know let's just say uh, so, well, the so there's some Jedi there's some right? nostalgia that us. Did I say what did I say? I think I meant the last oh, Jedi. Yeah, you said it. Yeah, what did I say. Yeah, you said the last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, so, well, do do you guys uh, do you have some nostalgia for it, even though it is kind of a crappy movie? Yeah, yeah, I have some nostalgia for it. I mean, I honestly, um, there's still there's still parts of the movie I like and. 
yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I've I haven't actually rewatched the Last Jedi or the Rise of Skywalker, so I couldn't tell you if I if those movies hold up or not. But I probably watched this one more than I more than I do, and I definitely watched this one more than like Attack of the Clones. I just can't even watch that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of I I agree. There's a little nostalgia to it. Yeah. What about you, Byron? How about uh, the the Ooh, what was that? What did was we lose that? Byron? We might have lost Byron. Hold on. You there, Byron? Oh, we did He's lose back. him. He's back. He's coming back. Hey, <laughs> wait a minute. Byron, Byron, hold on a second. Hello there. Oh, oh we got a complication here. We have to we have to do a... Hold on, hold on. Hello there. Oh, hello there. Hello there. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Hello there. Some... Hello there. <laughs> now, technically, there. technically, that is from Attack of the Clones, but you know, there's huge memes everywhere about. Uh... Hello oh. there. Oh, wait a minute! I answered it. Hello wrong. there. Can you do it again. Yeah. Well, yeah. You have to. You have to answer it rightly. Correctly yep. this time. Hello there, General Kenobi. General Kenobi. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny, Byron. I love that you know that. So, uh, what the hell were we saying when we lost Byron? Anybody remember? Nostalgia. Yeah, Can I uh, ask yeah a the nostalgia about, effect. Uh, yes, let's do you, let Byron What do you guys think when you What, what do you guys think uh, when you uh, read uh, the opening scroll? Oh, okay, that's a question I have on mine too and I don't actually think it's as bad as people like to debate about. I mean, I think they're all pretty pretty boring, pretty bad. I mean, it describes I think what you're trying to get at is like, oh, there's a trade dispute. Is that boring or not boring? Uh, and I don't care. I think it's like this is the scenario in which they're operating, uh, and it's fine. To me, it's fine. I don't know. Byron, what do you think? Uh, it kind of starts off a little bit, I would say, a little different than what we're used to. Um, it seems a little bit odd to kind of start in that position. It seems a little bit odd to have to send Jedis in to settle a negotiation as far as like a trade dispute goes. Um, to answer the question about nostalgia, I completely got suckered into the nostalgia with this film, like when I first watched it. Um, as far as any other nostalgia with it, in a way, it almost, excuse me, in a, in a way, it almost kind of ruins what I had believed uh, before. Like, I, I guess... In my head, I hadn't really written it all out, but I thought episode one, two, and three were going to be a lot better than what was actually displayed. What? What's and you happening? and you actually thought like wow. I I did at the time. Like you kind of played the movie in your head before you saw it. What you thought you were going to see. Yeah, and uh, grasping for basically anything I could find to kind of get to that. <laughs> and I guess let me say it. Watching it again, I was a little bit disappointed, and I had said, don't meet your heroes when I had watched this film, and what I had made about this was, yeah, don't really, don't see it again, because what you had seen back in 1999 is definitely different than what you're going to see today, but I think it's, there are some good points to it that need to be taken away, which I hadn't heard about this uh, Topher Grace edit and I am kind of interested in seeing that. Yeah, it's impossible, but I would love to make that possible for you. I can't do it. Uh, it now, is one of your favorite parts when uh, when little little uh, Jake Lloyd yells, "Now this is pod racing!" Oh God! <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> now the I, funny, heard... <laughs> I am really curious to know what went through their mind with this whole idea that we were. You kind of had an arc building where. You really didn't necessarily know who the protagonist was going to be. It seemed to be kind of leaning towards like Qui Gon Jinn and Ewan McGregor, kind of like they were because you're following them kind of right at the beginning. And then all of a sudden, we get kind of sidetracked into this weird like intermission style like pod race type thing, and it just really didn't make sense. Uh, yeah, totally, totally agree. And that's why I fast forwarded through the entire part of that uh, it kind of feels like it's there just to sell a video game uh, oh, which by the way that? i played yeah. the crap out of that video game and absolutely loved it 
Yeah. Boy, I don't even remember that. What what uh, what console are we talking about here? Oh, uh, let me see. I think that was. I think I played it on the GameCube. I believe. But oh, I, believe... I forgot about the GameCube. Yeah. I Byron, does was... the video game have the the idiotic two-headed sportscaster? Uh, yes, actually, and it will, will, will repeat in your head when you are losing. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> oh, <God>. but, uh... <laughs> it's torturous. It yeah, certainly gets very anyway, annoying. Do you remember who that is? Do you remember who that is? Who plays this? Uh, no, oh, I that... do not. Do you know? Because yeah, I recently learned that, and, um, and now I'm looking it up. Because it is somebody famous, I thought... Oh boy, it's impossible to figure out. So I don't know, Byron, what about the action of this film? Did you love the action? Well, I think uh, like we had talked about in the beginning of this, I, as we were trying to throw in as many different names as possible uh, from, uh, from uh, who are we talking about? We were talking about Samuel Ray Park. Jackson and, yeah, and yeah. Kira Knightley, and I mentioned Ray Park. And Ray Park as a stuntman playing... Darth Maul as a very cool and very interesting, different character as far as a Sith goes. And we actually got to see him in a pretty cool action sequence. Um, in this film, there's a lot of really cool different action sequences. We get to see a, a, a neat little space battle where we're introduced to one of the oldest characters in the entire series. Along with Ian McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi, we also get introduced R2-D2 at that point. Uh -huh. um, one thing I kind of wanted to really mention was the entire use of the lightsaber in this film. We get to see or it. laser sword. Or laser sword. We get, we get introduced to it within the first, I mean, gosh, even five minutes, I think, as they real, as uh, Quigajin, as I'm going to call him now. <laughs> and uh, Obi-Wan uh, realized that they're pumping in this very visible poison gas into this uh, thing. They immediately pull out their lightsabers because that's, that defeats poison gas, as you all know. Of course, yes. And we get to see some pretty cool action scenes in this film. And I think they're really, this whole film, the more, I, more and more I was watching this and the more and more I was thinking about this and about what to talk about in this podcast is this entire film is really centered around piecing together these action scenes, particularly with the lightsabers. Um, as George Lucas has set, stated a couple of times in 1999, the technology had advanced to a point where he felt comfortable with displaying his viewpoint of uh, episodes one through three. And I really think it came down to the lightsaber fights. Um what yeah. did you guys see with these lightsaber fights? Um, did you guys enjoy them? What what did you what was your favorite action scene, I guess? Right. So, I mean, I think what you're getting at and um it, it again, it, it lended itself to uh making a you know, broader audience appeal or or maybe just more more appeal to the modern 1999 times, but the originals, you know, 77, uh 81, 83, I think. Uh you know, we're talking about um, pretty old actors and pretty different style of acting and, you know, rather, I mean, revolutionary at the time, special effects. But you certainly could not make, um, you know, uh, the Obi-Wan of the time do backflips and <laughs> attack people from behind with their light sword, light laser sword, mm -hmm. lightsaber. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was like, yeah, this is great. But I think that... You know, much like with uh, seeing Jar Jar run around, it just doesn't hold up to me. That's my thought. Uh, you don't I still, I still like it. I this, to me, like this lightsaber battle at the end. I still really like the choreography of it, and it looks good. To me, like the the lightsaber battle. Like I like the idea of seeing the Jedi in their prime. You know, which we've never seen before, and that was really cool. To me, like by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith, the lightsaber battles are just too over the top. They're just kind of ridiculous. And this one still feels a little bit grounded in reality. And, you know, if you watch it in slow motion, the choreography is pretty good. It's not like people are holding off and giving, you know, Darth Maul a chance to 
swing his lightsaber around it like everything looks like it's there for a reason oh yeah agreed yeah now this was really the first time we actually got to see a double bladed lightsaber um yeah people people love that shit i remember my my girlfriend at the time's nephews oh had to have that uh that target issued special double-ended red you know light or yeah, lightsaber and uh, you know what i, I like I how will... you keep calling it a laser sword keep going with well that. no i mean jake lloyd calls it a laser sword in the movie that's and in the oh, original script in the original script that's what they were called so uh what can i say Laser swords. They were called laser swords. Um, yeah, in the original script, they were called laser swords. I, I have an, a weird, I guess, conflicting issue here. I don't know if I can bring this up uh, coherently, but I think the idea of Darth Maul's laser sword is a little ridiculous. Um, I say that because I think the idea of a laser sword where you could only hold it at the basically the middle is kind of useless does this make sense uh, um, aren't there plenty of aren't there plenty of like uh of you know samurai or ninja weapons that are the same or essentially on weapons i i guess i i don't know i, I this is me kind of just thinking out loud here a little bit um the idea would be, so he has, I, I guess, if you're imagining a sword, I guess, and, or I don't know how you would, how you would picture this weapon. So it's, 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 uh, it's almost works like a, a staff in a way, but you can only hold it in the middle. So you really, it doesn't really make sense. Right? Maybe I'm just thinking out loud here. I, I don't know. This is just silly. <laughs> I, you know, I think that when you have, uh, like 10 million degrees of plasma coming out of the end of whatever weapon you have. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you hold it. It's fine. I, I suppose. I, I don't know. It, um, it just seemed a little bit silly to me that he, it, it seemed more of a defensive weapon than an offensive weapon, I guess, because in order for him to swing actually towards somebody, he would have to kind of either get out of the way or let it cut himself in half. Well, he's like a, he's like a, what do they call the person in front of the parade? You know, he's a, the baton twirler. You he know, certainly is the baton oh, twirler. Yeah. yeah, the the they should have had a a lightsaber baton. Uh, that's what you know? this is. It's just a long lightsaber baton, and he just swings it and throws it around. He doesn't chuck it up though. He doesn't have a whistle, you know. Uh, true. His hat's not very. He doesn't have a hat, but it, it's not tall enough, even if he did. Yeah. Um, I have a slightly different point because we brought up Kira Knightley, and. Certainly in 1999, I had no idea who Kira Knightley was. But on this podcast here, we did talk about uh, Love Actually. It's one of our most listened to episodes. Love Actually is from one year after this movie. Uh, in really? Released in 2000. What? And at the time, remember, we, we had this little discussion on the podcast about how at the time, Kira Knightley was 17, I think. And she was being courted by... Uh, Cor- Cor- Coral. Coral. You mean Coral. Coral's dad? I mean, yeah, Rick. Rick from Walking Dead, and he was probably thirty-five at the time. And so it was a kind of awkward discussion we had about the, this whole pairing. But uh, but so here she must be sixteen, and I watched this movie for the first time earlier today, where basically the only thing I cared about the entire time I was watching it was trying to figure out which one was Kira Knightley. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. And which one was Natalie Portman? And and what I believe is that every scene up until the last scene in the movie, where Queen Amidala is wearing makeup. So every scene where she is wearing has a white face with her little you know red dots and her red lipstick thing. Uh, I think every scene that is Kira Knightley actually up until the last scene. And so it's you can tell. I don't think it is. I I don't think you can tell. I actually do not think you can tell. And it also leads to my question, which is, you know, uh, Lucas waited until the time was right to get the special effects that would work and yada yada. Why didn't they just, you know, do some sort of like, uh, um, you know, digital double thing where they actually just had they had Natalie Portman play herself in makeup and herself you know, as the as the handmaid, they didn't. I mean, they they had or every the, scene. 
the Olsen twins were available, I'm sure, back then. Well, <laughs> they yeah, could have just mean, done that. And actually, actually, you know, I'm, I'm not even jokingly. I think they probably would have been right about the right age and 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 you know and like oh, very true to do it. Um, but it's funny because I, you know, I didn't know Kira Knightley at the time. I certainly know her from uh, the werewolf movies, whatever they're called, and obviously the Pirates of the Caribbean and yada yada. But uh, I, I think you actually can't tell the difference. I think that they're so. First of all, I do know that they are they are um, overdubbing uh, Natalie Portman's voice onto Kira Knightley when she is playing the Queen, so you can't tell by voice. And and the other thing is, I think they only ever show Kira Knightley with makeup because if she didn't have the makeup on, it would be harder to tell if she wasn't Natalie Portman. Um, so I don't know. Did you, did you? I mean, literally, this is all I watched this time around. That's the only thing I looked for. <laughs> and you know what? So I did, have not done that. So now the next time I'm going to watch this, I am now going to be looking for Kira Knightley it because is, I I totally fun. didn't realize this fun. until we started this podcast. It's kind of. And fun. you know who plays her body double in Attack of the Clones? Who is that? I don't even know. Is uh, Rose Byrne? Oh, I have heard. Who that. I think she. Yeah dies pretty early in the movie she does she gets blasted in the uh yeah yeah i didn't know that so while we're Um, talking about natalie portman who i think we would all agree is an excellent actress right ewan mcgregor an excellent actor how are they so bad in this movie general kenobi hello there well i i don't think that actually i mean it's funny to me that you said that uh that uh, uh liam neeson was better than than well, he's just got like natural charisma, but yeah, it's but you know, he doesn't oh, okay. he's not given much to do with. Who when you say he, who are you talking about now? You talking about Liam, Liam Neeson? Neeson? I mean, there's he doesn't get much to do, but uh, he just kind of carries himself with a natural charisma. But like Ewan McGregor just feels Ewan, awkward, and Ewan McGregor Natalie Portman's has, speech is so stilted. Ewan McGregor, okay, so Ewan McGregor has way more charisma than Liam Neeson. I I, I think uh, don't you? I mean, I I definitely think so. In this movie, uh, do you think? Well, I think the part so two things you you're you're calling out McGregor and Portman. I think in this movie their characters are supposed to be purposefully young and naive. I mean, one's a padawan and the other is, you know, like a 17 is a teenage queen, right? So I think they're supposed to be basically the way I read Natalie Portman's performance is she is a 17-year-old queen who is trying to be uh, you know, very stilted and and flat because she wants people to take her seriously. You know, as the queen, um, and that, maybe that's ridiculous for me to assume, but that that's where I see that. And I I think McGregor is trying to set the stage for him to become the the master to Anakin, so he has to be kind of a doofus in this role. That I'm that's what I think. Byron, All right, what what's you your think? excuse for Jake Lloyd then? My excuse for Jake Lloyd is that I <laughs> loved him in Jingle All the Way. Okay, he was a phenomenal actor in Jingle All the Way. It's based in Minnesota. They had the freaking Holodazzle Parade. They went to the freaking Mall of America. I love Arnold. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So don't tell me that Jake Lloyd can't act because he acted his ass off in Jingle All the Way. Do you but, know who was else was up for this role? Who would have been way, way better? Um, wait, let me guess. Please tell me let it's me somebody older. Yeah, let me guess. I'm going to say it was Al Pacino. No, I wouldn't. I don't see him in this role. I I'm don't thinking, believe you. I'm thinking uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Is it DiCaprio? Was it DiCaprio? It was Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. No. He is, I think he would have he been. Is. It was. I think he would have been great, because he would have. Uh, he's got kind of a sadness, you know. It would have been a little darker. Uh, you know, it I certainly mean, could have here. been. I, I don't know. Yeah. I. It's kind of hard because you wanted to display the person who is going to become Darth Vader. How do you do? How do you display that person who becomes Darth Vader? You got to show him on a negative arc. You got to show him on the opposite of the hero's journey, right? You got to show him going yeah. down to the dark side. You got to show him being corrupted. So, how do you start that? To me, I don't know if I'd be able to write that type of character in. It certainly yeah. seems so to just be make that, him fucking annoying. 
Yeah. You could certainly well, make them annoying, yeah. and you certainly that that maybe that was the route that they were going. You make them so annoying, and then you really just don't care that he becomes evil, and you don't really care that he uh, suffers the fate that he does in Revenge of the Sith. And I don't know. I I've yeah. always liked the character in the film. Uh, I always liked Quigajin in the film, and. <laughs> I I enjoyed the different perspective that Liam Neeson could bring to that type of character. Ian McGregor, it it almost is kind of unfortunate that Ian McGregor has to play right. Obi Wan Kenobi be because Ewan. what? All right, you're saying Ian. this is the I guy who just said Kiga Jin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to say Ian, that's fine. I will <laughs> say Ian. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And I, I have th- a I have a, an that. opinion, no, a, a slightly no, controversial opinion. Nobody can say anything until I do this. Okay, here comes the bit. I do have a little bit of behind-the-scenes uh, audio here where uh, 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 Lucas was talking to Ewan McGregor or Ian McGregor when they More. cast Jake Lloyd, right? So they, they cast Jake Lloyd. And uh, here, let's, let's take a listen to this. I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> That's, what... <laughs> That's what Ian McGregor had to say. So, I, you know, he's got good intuition, I guess. What were you going to say, Ward? I was going to say this, and, and I'm sure this is a very unpopular position, but I I actually kind of like Hayden Christensen. I do too. Yep. We'll, I think, we'll talk about and that. I think he's actually a pretty good actor. We'll talk about that, uh, you know, when we ever get to. If we ever get there. Episode two. But yeah. Jake Lloyd. <laughs> I guy. mean, here's the thing, though. I want to remind everyone. The movies are for children, but they don't want to admit that. It's a movie. The movies are for children, children. but they don't want to admit okay. that. So you have this adorable little kid who's like, are you an angel? <laughs> oh, gosh, that was one of my notes. It's, 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 it's a movie for kids. Who, who cares? You know, let them be a little. I mean, it's like watching you know, G.I. Joe or Transformers back in the day. This is actually for kids. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. You know, he's great. He, he's great in, uh, in Jingle All the Way. Just let him be. I mean, a lot of these people who got a lot of flack were... You know, I mean, their career was derailed, and they had a lot of hate mail. And ah, fuck those haters. I mean, it's it's not it's not terrible. This I, movie's I the fucking best. It's not the best. It's just it's awesome. It just it's just okay. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're, we're we're coming up on the hour, so I I do want uh I want us uh to 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 say what do we rank what in what number order do we rank this movie without disclosing like our entire list of, of rankings of Star Wars movies, of the nine Skywalker uh, saga movies. Because um, uh, I think we are going to get to the next, the, you know, the subsequent uh, whatever films. But so what number do you put this at? Number one as in best or number nine as in worst? Where do you put Phantom Menace in the order? Let's start with Ward. Ugh. Six or seven. I'm going seven. Okay, six or seven. All right. So he's got uh, he's got two that are not quite as good as this one. Byron, what about you? Uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen the original three or the first three. I'll call these uh, episode one, two, and three. I will tentatively put mine at five. Because Ooh. I have not seen them, but it could very easily drop lower. Uh, okay. As far as out of the nine, this um, the one, two, and three are probably the least amount that I have viewed. So, okay, I I guess I'm I'm playing it safe and just being cheating and just saying, oh, I'll reserve reserve the right to remove these later. That's fine. That's fine. I, I'm asking for a gut check here on this controversial Phantom Menace film. I would say. That I am right there at number four. This is this four, is number really? four. Yeah. You, this is your favorite one of all the non-original trilogy. Uh, no, no, that no. Would be that, away that's certainly too different much. a little bit. Yeah. That would be giving away uh-huh. too much if I answered that question. It is not. That is not true, though. I will say that's not true. Not um, a fan of Revenge of uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you, you, you hit it. Ah, <laughs> you, you got it. Damn um, Ewoks. Yeah, those damn Ewoks for it's sure. It's the Ewoks. It's uh, always the well, Ewoks. Yes, yes. Do we have other topics to discuss? Like I said when I started this, 
Uh, this is just one movie. This is 1999. I mean, I could talk for hours about the 1977 original New Hope. So let's not get into that uh, that uh, that swamp of of all kinds of discussion. Let's let's uh, wrap this one up. Any other final comments about Phantom Menace from you two? If you were wearing a robe and you had to go swimming. Would you take the robe off? <laughs> I had that same thought as I watched them wade into the water <sighs> with their freaking robes on. Like, this is not, not what you should be doing. Uh, I got a bad feeling about this. If you realized that the ambassadors and the negotiators were coming to your, to your ship, and you realized they were Jedis, and you offered them tea, why not just poison the tea? Uh, okay, fair point. Excellent point. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, then we wouldn't have a movie. But, of course, they probably would know that somehow. Uh, I don't know. They Somehow they would know. The Force would tell them. Oh, you know what? We didn't talk about very much. That We didn't hate on midichlorians uh, too much. So do, is there any last remaining hate for midichlorians? Because, you know, as we know, looking back from 2021, uh, the midichlorians really disappeared after uh, after these, these prequels. because I... So, Drank them all over the course of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, and whatever whatever yeah. war didn't drink, I finished. Good. Um, well, I also have gross. a little bit of hate for. I know a lot of people have talked about this, but how small the galaxy became with these prequels and freaking Darth Vader built C three PO. I mean, come on. Yeah. So so I have a I have mixed feelings on that because. Because Lucas purposefully portrayed a, a much broader set of planets and cities that, you know, had, like I said earlier, like had, uh, it was it was more a bustling and more, um, you know, there was, it seemed like there was a greater economy. And in the, in the uh, original trilogy, it's like uh, the whole galaxy is kind of on the downturn and it's all being, I mean, it's sort of like World War II Europe. It's like everything's under the thumb of the empire. And um, and so on one hand, I see, yeah, you know, like there's all this prosperity. But then on the other hand, you see, oh, well, there's R2-D2 who was helping them escape uh, this uh, blockade. And then there's C-3PO who was, you know, who was built by little Jake Lloyd, little Darth Vader. And, uh, and of course, once we get to the New Hope, we have to ask, like, why doesn't R2-D2 say to C-3PO, hey, uh, remember like uh, all this history we have with these, this family? <laughs> but well, didn't their, their, their uh, memories got wiped. At Only the end C-3PO, of... not, not R2-D2. Oh, though. really? Yeah. And, why doesn't, so. and why doesn't Obi-Wan Kenobi remember R2-D2? Yes, yeah. I mean, there's just like all this stuff. So there's this And did you know that of... Chewbacca and Yoda are friends? Uh, yes, eventually we will know that. <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, they like to say that uh, Lucas planned this whole thing out uh, originally, and it's total, total bullshit. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we should wrap this episode up, I think. Uh, Ward, what do you have going on at the theater now that we're still probably five months away from going to movies in person? What are you going to be doing in the meantime? Well, this Sunday, May 2nd, would be the last in our series, The Church of the Lost Souls with Billy McLaughlin, special guest Peter Mayer. And then on May 20th and 21st, comedian Steve Hofsetter is going to be at the Parkway. Limited seating, 25% capacity, so we're doing four shows so that everybody that wants to see the show can get in there. The first two shows or maybe even the first three are sold out but there's still tickets left for the last of the four shows byron what do you got going on ah for the fun v podcast we're we are still within the james bond universe and we are now reviewing die another day uh the last one of pierce brosnan yes and finally getting us into this century where it's 2002 yes which i am excited for um, we'll be having some guests on hopefully when we move into the uh, the next series of movies, uh, and you know eventually we're gonna get to No Time to Die, uh, you know later on this year I guess. Or actually I think it moved to April of next year. So oh, did it move lots, again? 
I think so. Yeah, oh. lots of moving parts there. Um, but I'm excited, and uh, and I you know I love the Bond universe. So anyway, uh, if you'd like to reach out to us at the Parkway Podcast, and I, I had a a text message. Uh, I should inform you two gentlemen, you two co-hosts, that I had a text message um, from a friend of the podcast who wanted to leave a voicemail that I should play, and I'm not sure what happened to that. I think he may have messed up the number. So Nick. If you're listening, the number is 612-217-2520. And Byron, he explicitly said in the text message that he had some advice or something to tell you, Byron. You are the sole uh, focus of our listeners' feedback. Why? So I don't Why? know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Why, Why I am know. I the focus? <laughs> I don't know. But I kid you not that uh, yeah, that Nick, uh, friend of the pod, he, he wanted to leave the voicemail. So I had, to, I had to dig around. Maybe I'll find it somewhere. But you can also email us at parkwaytheaterpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and, of course, if you enjoyed this episode, coming up next in the month of June, we will be discussing... The Fast and The Furious, uh, the first in the nine-movie franchise, the ninth of which coming out in June in theaters, actually. There are different theaters around town that you'll be able to see this movie at. Uh, I may go see it in the theater. We'll see. Uh, But it is, of course, the Vin Diesel, uh, the phenomenon, the international phenomenon that starts with uh, stealing... Um, stealing uh, uh, whatever, some kind of electronics off a truck, and then moves into space vehicles and all kinds of crazy chaos, and you get you get uh, the rock involved, and and it's going to be great. I can't wait to see this. I've never seen it before. Uh, so for Ward and Byron, I am Matt from the Fun V Podcast, and here at the Parkway Podcast, signing off this episode. We'll see you next time to talk a little Fast and Furious. Blah blah blah, and I uh, sounds good. So, is everybody? You know what we forgot to talk about? What is how when Liam Neeson says train him? that he fucking just destroyed the entire galaxy in that moment. Uh, well, and I'm going to turn this down here. Um, you know, what's funny is I watched it this... Byron, are you here? You here? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, what's funny, when I watched it this time, I thought, basically what happened was Liam Neeson, who is the fucking master, or he's a Jedi Knight, at least, he went to the council and he said... I want to train this one. And they said, nope. And he was like, oh, shit. And then he died. And then his Padawan said, I'm going to train this guy. And Yoda was like, all right, fuck it. We can't argue with the Padawan. All right, we got to do it. I know. It was kind of this weird, like, it didn't make sense because you had had Quidditchin as, like, this loser. Right. And then all of a sudden, and then you got you got Ian over here, Ian McGregor over here as right. well. <laughs> <laughs> with his fucking ponytail. Right, like, right. Exactly. Rat tail, really. Yeah. Yeah, with his with his fucking rat tail, and yeah. it, it, it like the roles are reversed. Like it exactly. Be the opposite. Exactly. It be the opposite, where you have Mister Straight Lace Quigigen saying, "No, we shouldn't train this person," and then you got kind of the the rambunctious guy, and then he kind of goes, you know, he goes with it, and that would make a better character arc. Because you would have Ian McGregor or Ewan McGregor, you'd have Obi Wan Kenobi kind of realizing how he fucked up, and then saying, and then when he encounters Luke, he's like, okay, I'm not, you know, he's a more experienced teacher. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you know what else? It would have fucking rude sense to have that reverse. Why in the fuck are we not putting this on the podcast? I know. Oh, oh, you know I'm, what else? I'm still it's fucking rude. <laughs> it's fucking rude to talk. During somebody's funeral. Mm-hmm. Why don't people know that? Dude's being cremated and everybody's side talking. Well, and as I'm watching, oh as I'm watching that funeral, the only thing I was looking at was like, how? I, I'm literally, I was like, how 
is that shitty little beard that he's wearing not on fire already and singed off. And then, as, <laughs> and then as I, and then as I thought that, I was thinking, why would everyone stand around smelling burnt hair? That's the worst smell. <laughs> Why is this not on the podcast? It's outtake. It's, it's being recorded for the end. Why are oh. we? Why are we? Keep it on there. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, no. I mean. It, yeah. The whole idea because when they burned Darth Vader, they burned Darth Vader later on, and it's like, yeah, he's in this plastic suit, and it's probably you know. He didn't have any hair. Yeah. He he's got no hair for sure. Except for downstairs, he might have had some, but not on his head. Huge bush is what I understand. But, but you know what? It's still it's burning plastic and burning bo and bullshit like that. Like, <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. I mean, th- this burning bo. Why did Darth Vader have yeah. bo? You don't, oh, you don't think he doesn't shower? In that too? What are you <laughs> yeah. talking about? Well, that's what the back to tanks are for, I think. I don't know. Uh, it, it was yeah. It was. I definitely had the same thought at the funeral. Like this is. The funeral is not going the way I want my funeral to go. That's for sure. Byron, can you imagine what what Kenny Baker smells like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Anthony Daniels, for that matter. They're both jammed in their oh, fucking suit. God, yeah. talk about burnt bo. All right, this is going at the end. It's, it's very great. Please record. Thank you. This is like the Marvel secret scene. Yeah, this, this is, is like a little epilogue here. Of right. The... This is post credits. All right, why gentlemen. Were all, why were we all super formal in the podcast? We could have just talked like this and we would have been fine. Well, because we were being like Amidala, where we had to be very flat and I just know, we were say trying to Oh, be, yeah. Mm-hmm. We were trying to be nice to this film, weren't we? Um, you know, whatever. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Well, Probably. I'll, I'll cut some of this into a post-credit a post, uh, scene, and, and we're all good. 